In the crypto space, we've seen people buying and selling as often as they can, buying the dip, sell the news, all that stuff. That's great. That's always going to be there, but that's not what crypto is. Welcome to a Bit Cryptic Podcast, where we interview top crypto experts to take you down the rabbit hole into the world of cryptocurrency. Now, it's time to get a bit cryptic. Today, we're interviewing Max Kenny. Well, Max is the founder CEO of CryptoFlip. In this episode, we'll talk about the massive online gambling market, problems with it, and why peer-to-peer wagering can cut the house out of the picture. Well, Max is a serial entrepreneur with 15 years in tech. My name is Dang, co-host of A Bit Cryptic. So we've had an exciting run on this show uh, with amazing guests. We want to continue that trend, so please hit subscribe or share with your friends. So I'll let the other co-host introduce himself. Hi, my name is Jeff Peterson, and it's really awesome to have you on the mic again, Dang. Awesome. So I love crypto, but when crypto is mixed with sports, games, blood, wagering, it hits another level of excitement. Max will be talking to us about that. Maybe not blood, but uh, Max, please tell us a little bit about yourself and how did you get involved in crypto? Yeah, sure. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. So I've sort of been involved in the crypto space in different regards over the past sort of three years. Initially, it was with a bit of skepticism. Co-workers of mine would be buying Bitcoin and everyone would laugh at them because it would lose half its value an hour later. But I was incredibly intrigued by what stood behind the hype. So it wasn't until Ethereum really started making some noise where It sort of went from being a store of value to programmable money almost where you can embed logic within the blockchain that really got me thinking about how this could be applied to established industries that really need trust to be solved. Because, I mean, really blockchain at its core is great at solving trust issues among peers and gambling really stood out to me as being an ecosystem that could really do with a little bit of light being shone on it. So... That's sort of how it all started. And then from there, we got right into peer-to-peer wagering as, as being sort of our, our core focus for that. So now before we dig deep into CryptoFlip, that's the platform, the project that you're working on, uh, tell our audience a little bit about this market, this industry you're in. Uh, who are the players? I mean, is it online casinos or the players that are, are they video game enthusiasts, crypto enthusiasts? Uh, brush us up on the market that we're dealing with. Sure. So the online gaming market is massive and it includes many different varieties of games uh, ranging from online gambling and casino type games to poker through to esports. You know, people can bet on esports now around the world and each of those are sort of growing at a pretty phenomenal rate. You know, online gaming is currently growing at a 10.8 compound annual growth rate. It's currently 46 billion in online uh, gambling over the past 12 months, but it's forecast to hit 82 by 2020. So, you know, a lot of that's being put down to... A pretty penny. Yeah, it's massive, right? A lot of that's being put down to sort of the ease of accessibility through mobile and the progression of, of technology, uh, making it easier for people to get online, but also the relaxing of global regulation around around online gambling. So... That's the casino side. In terms of where people are doing it, it's sort of biggest in in Europe. Europe's by far the the largest, 
Australia is the highest per capita gambling nation. But we're, <laughs> Australia. Yeah, but we're dwarfed in size by the total market inside Europe and the UK. So, that's sort of where we're focusing our launch. I always thought that America is like the wild, wild west and that would be the largest market, but I guess I'm wrong. Yeah, so American treats treats online gambling quite carefully. They're not very friendly with it. They love their land-based casinos. And, you know, I think there's a vetted interest in, in making sure that, that that industry stays where it is on land. But that's not to say that, you know, in, in some states that they're starting to have a look at games of skill and sports betting. And then you've also got the whole fantasy, the fantasy football stuff. You know, that's, that's also massive mm-hmm. in the States. Yeah, all my friends love that. Yeah, yeah. It's enormous. And, you know, I think over time, it's sort of a constantly evolving framework. You know, you're seeing different jurisdictions uh, changing their approach to how they want to regulate it. Places like France only allow French people to gamble against other French people. You can't gamble against anyone outside that country. There's a lot of nuances. It's an odd rule. It's weird, right? (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of nuances that, that come through that. Lots of platforms in the crypto space currently don't follow the proper KYC and AML roles that platforms should. And they they get licenses out of regions like Costa Rica and Curaçao. They're sort of what's referred to in the industry as rubber stamp jurisdictions where you pay someone X thousand dollars to give you a license, but the license doesn't actually mean anything. So, you get a number, but the number is just a number. It doesn't give the players any protection. You don't get to have a verification of who's running it or that the games are sound. It's sort of that is the Wild West of gaming where you don't have to prove who you are to play. You don't know who you're playing against and you don't know if you're going to get your money back. So what we're doing is, you know, I think that's sort of come out of necessity because there hasn't been a lot of regulation around how crypto is treated if it's money, if it's if it's not. So I think rather than waiting for all that regulation to be sorted out, these guys have gone out and done what they can within the available frameworks. And we could do that too. But I think what we're wanting to do is is take that next step and go through the pain of working with regulators around the world to put some frameworks around how crypto is treated, being exchanged between peers on games of chance. That's going to be a timely and, and a costly ex- expedition. But it's something that we're committed to doing because we really want to see this sort of succeed long term. You know, the sin industry is, has long been a spearhead of widespread tech adoption. We've seen that with the dot-com boom. When you say sin industry, you mean like uh, alcohol, drugs, sex kind of yeah, stuff? Yeah, like porn, gambling, and sort of buying things online that you couldn't in other places. So, we sort of saw that with the Silk Road and there's a bunch of other of those. Actually, fun fact, between online gambling using crypto and the crypto-based uh, marketplaces, which would you guys think is larger based in, on volume? of trade. So, say that again, the crypto-based marketplaces, the online gambling. Yeah. But online gambling with crypto, not fiat-based. I guess I would say the non-crypto one, but I'm not sure. Yeah. So, it's uh, online gambling with crypto is 10 times larger currently than crypto-based marketplaces. Yeah. I mean, crazy, right? What's What are the numbers? So, it's, it's 46 billion for crypto gambling and it is close to five for the marketplaces. Yeah, I guess that makes sense because they're crypto holders, uh, large holders. Um, those whales are, you know, they, they have so much to dispose. <laughs> and 
I guess you know. Got to do something numbers, with it, right? <laughs> yeah, these numbers and make sense. <laughs> Reminds me of this. That speaks to a core value of what we're building. So, with a peer-to-peer wagering platform, we don't have to have a bankrolled amount of crypto to cover jackpots, because it's a wager is only activated when we've got both players' funds secured on chain in short-term escrow. So, if someone's got uh, $5 million worth of ETH that they want to put up and someone else has the guts to match them, then we'll hold bo- both players' funds on chain. You can both see where the funds are. You're not having to give them to us. Like at casinos currently, you're having to deposit your funds with them. You're giving them your money and then you're telling them what you'd like to do with it. They've got a vested interest in you losing because they win when you lose. They're controlling the game outcome inside a black box. You can't really tell what's going on inside there. And then as far as outcome determination goes, you're having to take the the outcome that determines if you win or not at face value. So there's a lot in there that would turn me off from playing because just at a foundational level, we're directly opposed in incentives. They've got a business, they're winning when I lose and they've got control of my money and they're telling me if I won or not. You know, there's, there's too much trust from my perspective. It's like there's so much at stake on their end for to making sure that the house is winning and there's it's just so easy to obfuscate the mechanisms at which the game is controlled totally. with which the game is controlled that there's really no reason not to stack the odds in their favor and make sure that they're making money because otherwise they wouldn't have a business so yeah i mean you've only got to look at the the success of las vegas and the size of those casinos that they've built that's all with people having lost money you know and that's a visual representation of the size of of that industry so with our model it's two people being matched up with each other, each with an equal chance of taking the other's crypto. So we're just a platform at this stage. We don't mind who wins. So how do you guarantee that fairness? So the process through which we determine entropy is quite involved, but it's leveraging real-time data from the community. So that's involving the players wagering, all of them, hashed together and our token holders. So I guess that sort of leads us into the way tokens play a part in in our platform. But what we're doing is we're not following suit with everyone else where you've got to buy an in-app currency to wager. So everyone currently in the gaming space is, is following, uh, you come to the casino, you buy chips, and then you play. Now, at the casino, no problem, because I know that $10 worth of chips will be $10 worth of cash when I finish playing. I could finish playing in a month. I could finish playing now. But I know that if I win, I'm going to be able to get that money back in cash. So that's fine for land-based casinos. But in the crypto world, it simply doesn't work that way. If you're buying into a volatile ERC-20 token to play on a platform that's new or growing or not going so well, whilst you're playing, you've got no idea what that's going to be worth when you want to cash out. So aside from having to buy some alt currency on some random exchange you haven't been to before, you're having to sign up, wait five days to get verified. You're not going to buy too much. You might get $100 worth. You come back, you play with it. You have a pretty good time. You win, you lose, and then you're going to buy some more. Some people might buy some more, but I think the number of people that would go through all of that again in order to keep on playing it's going to be pretty slim. And this isn't just, you know, that way for for online casinos that require you to acquire a currency to play. This is for any platform that re- that requires their users to go and acquire a token in order to participate. 
we're taking the view on that that it's long term, it's going to be too much of a barrier to entry. And the long term potential for these platforms is going to be impacted quite heavily by requiring their users to do that. Yeah, I've seen that in so many companies where honestly, a lot of companies are doing it just so they have an excuse to raise money and instead of actually building a platform that's better for people. Exactly. Like you've got to use the technology to build value. And if there's no value, then I think in the crypto space, we've seen people buying and selling as often as they can, you know, buying the dip, sell the news, all that stuff. That's great. That's always going to be there, but that's not what crypto is, you know. These guys are buying these assets for platforms that largely haven't launched yet. It's like raising money for a startup that hasn't got a product in market yet, where you're just hoping on the promise that everything's going to be fantastic. But many of these platforms that raised, you know, 50, 100, 250 million dollars last year haven't launched yet. People are still buying and selling their their, their currencies and their tokens. Just built on hope. <laughs> exactly. It's all built on hype. They haven't launched yet. I'm quite intrigued to see what happens when some of these platforms do launch, when they're asking their their users to go through all these hoops before they can actually get into the platform and do what it is they've been talking about. Because I don't think that they're going to go quite as well as some of them hope. Some will, like, you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum, that's technically an in-app currency, but they're massive, you know, so it's, it's going to work for some, but you're not going to buy McDonald's coin to go and buy Macca's, you know? Yeah. I mean, at that point, it's a security and you're just buying stock in a company and it's yeah. not a utility token. Yeah. Because if anything, it takes away utility as opposed to adding utility. Exactly. <laughs> so, the way we're approaching that with our platform is that we're involving our token holders in generating the result for these games. So, it's sort of like crowdsourced randomness. So, it's sort of a, I guess it's a four-tier approach. So, the first tier is that uh, so, Jeff and Dang, if you guys were to bet against each other on our coin flip, you would each say, okay, I'm going to bet 5F that the coin will be uh, X and O. So, on our platform, it's not heads or tails, it's X and O because heads and tails isn't globally universal. So, you're, you're X and O for 5F each. So, then we're securing that on chain and in that process, there's a three-second window where you guys, if you're both on your phones, it taps into the accelerometer of the device and you give it your little lucky shake and it digitizes that signal and hashes it with your wager data. So, you've each got a unique sort of data representation of, of that motion hashed with your wager amount. And then we've got a commit reveal system between you two so that you aren't able to sort of dig too deep in into what the other person's doing. But that that commits you to each other. And then we've got an active representation of an active wager. That's tier one. Tier two is we get all the active wages and we hash those together. So that's if, if there's 100,000 people that have bet on this coin flip, there's one every 30 seconds, we'll aggregate all that data and hash it together. So that gives us a representation of all the players with all their data on each coin flip. Now, it's almost impossible that that would be the same each time, but there is the potential that it could be. Can we go back for a second? You got really technical and I can we break yeah. down a little what you're saying a yeah. little more. So, you've got level one where essentially you're doing a coin flip between two players yeah. and then they're committed. You can shake your phone and that, what is the shaking phone? I'm so confused on why that's necessary or how, do, how does that work? Or is it more just for funsies? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's multifaceted. One is that it is adding a unique a unique digital signature to your, your wager data, aside from you just betting 5F on X, because that's not giving us a, a lot to go on. You could have a player seed 
that is stored within your profile. But the guys sort of said, well, you know, and it's a little bit more involving if, if we can use the accelerometer or the mouse if you're on a desktop to generate a digital signature. So... So this is a way to like make each it's just unique adding player to the unique. randomness. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's adding to the randomness and each time and doing it in a fun way as opposed to a random cloud of data. You just do it with your phone accelerometer. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Okay. So there's some concerns that this is gonna. Well, it's not really concerns. Each time we add one of these steps, it's adding slightly to to the time required to process all the data. So we can start to sort of pair some of it back, but. What we're doing is we're adding in as much randomness as we can at each step to make sure that the coin flip that comes off the back of this data has the greatest chance of being ungameable. There's just going to be no way to predict the outcome because so much of it relies on immediate real-time information. Because you can imagine if there's if there's 100,000 people all doing their secret shake to generate a, dig- a digital signature matched with their wager data and then hashed all together – it's going to be pretty hard for that to be the same each time. But that's not to say that it couldn't be. So if all players bid against the same opponents for the same amount on the same side of the coin and they all left their phones or their mouses or mice alone on the desk, presumably everyone on the platform would be able to game the outcome because they would know that by doing that, we're going to have X on the coins after they flip. So that enters us into sort of money laundering risk areas for sort of in the in in the danger zone there because players presumably could skew the outcome. So Yeah, if you had a botnet doing it for you, totally. for example. Yeah. So then that's an issue that we have to solve. So the next step from that point on is we go into our token pool. So all of our token holders are staking their their tokens within our ecosystem. And within each token is a token holder seed. So all our token holders have, have committed their their tokens into sort of a, a pool and we dip into that pool and pull out one random token, almost like a Powerball, right? Like you go in, you take a token holder seed out, no token holder knows which token of theirs is going to be used or when or if any of their tokens will be used and all of them are unique. So we then dip into the token holder pool and pull out a token holder seed and then hash the sum of the aggregated wages with that. So token holders in our ecosystem act as a random third-party voice of entropy. So it's, it's taking the outcome determination away from just players. Okay. So you've got all these different levels, I guess. Ways of ways of where you're you're introducing entropy being the the actual actions of the players through the shaking and both like, you know, or, or the mice lifting, whatever. And then also you've got the actual token holders and their player seed getting hashed to also introduce another, another level of entropy. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So then in return for contributing to our core value, I mean, it's quite similar to proof of stake chains. Like with NEO, you stake your coins within the proof of stake chain and you earn fees off the back for having validated transactions. Within our ecosystem, players are staking their tokens to provide entropy. And we're also going to use them on sort of a masternode plasma instance network post-launch where that allows us to take a a lot of the computation around game logic off-chain through state channels and this plasma network where token holders would be staking their own tokens within a, a masternode. So let's let's break that down a little bit for the audience members who aren't familiar with proof of stake nodes plasma okay. 
because I'm sure the majority of people don't know what that is because they're listening. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So, Ethereum is a global computer and it can get clogged up when there's a lot of stuff going on. So, a lot of platforms that bake their game logic into living on the main Ethereum blockchain can suffer from network congestion. So, it's like you're trying to get to work at nine o'clock and it's peak hour and it's slow. So, for us, the result of that would be that the coins are about to flip, but you've got to wait six minutes before they come up with a result. No one's waiting six minutes to work out whether or not they've won or not. So, we have to solve that through scalability. Ethereum have four sort of avenues where they're exploring how to solve this problem. This isn't unique to Ethereum. This is all blockchains trying to solve this problem because for for mass adoption, they're going to have to get this thing going quickly. One of the leading ways to facilitate that is state channels where you break the player-to-player communication off from main chain and they communicate directly to each other and then commit state changes back to main chain once they're done. So, there's a little bit of that within what we're doing, but the main way that we're solving scalability is through the plasma. It's sort of like building your own blockchain on top of Ethereum. But in order to do that, you've got to have different, let's call them computers, that process the same transactions. So, you've still got consensus among a network of peers, but they're solving your problem and your problem alone, not everyone else's. And then at at different intervals, the problems that are solved are then communicated back to the Ethereum main chain, but it's the result of everything that happened, not the computation itself. So, what that means for a token holder is is at launch, you'll be staking your tokens within our contracts. But once the Plasma master node network is set up, you'll be able to host your own node, stake your tokens within it, and we'll be processing wager data and entropy verification through the Plasma network. Yeah. So you're baking as part of your design scalability. You're anticipating, you know, growing the number of of gamers and a number of games that will be uh, offering on this platform. Yeah, that's that's great. Yeah. So going back to the traffic analogy, it's like building a, a tunnel, <laughs> a, ton, a tunnel, or, or you know, a public transport system that is just eventually. For you. <laughs> le- yeah, eventually leads back to the the main highway. But yeah, you're gonna get you to where you need to thing. be, but you get to have your own little private highway. Yeah. Yeah. Funny story. Uh, this reminds me of about Zcash. You know, they added an enhancement to their protocol, some sort of implementation where one of the core Zcash guy to generate sufficient uh, entropy and randomness, he did a crazy stunt where he rented a private plane that's unmarked, go on on some private, you know, jetway, and he'll fly at an unannounced time and uh, make sure that no one is spying on them. No one is, you know, trying to get into the planes, no reporters, uh, no, uh, no Zcash of, uh, fans. Uh, so, to make sure that, that what he's generating is a unique uh, random noise that would help with, with the entropy. So, <laughs> it's really crazy That's story. Crazy. Yeah. yeah, you should look this up on CNBC. <laughs> hmm. Sounds extreme. <laughs> 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 the, the lengths people will go to generate entropy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I don't mind flying around in a private jet, but... <laughs> <laughs> it sounds expensive. I feel like half of it is more for the publicity than the actual yeah. entropy of it. If I were yeah. to so, make a guess. as a player, now, if uh, assuming I, I have some crypto, you know, I have some Ether, I, maybe I have some uh, altcoins, how would I play? How would I, you know, you know create an account? You know, are, are there games 
uh, there now, or I just how does a yeah. player start? Okay, so so that's a great question. So we're launching with a coin flip game. We're calling it Crypto Flip, but it, it's not the only game. So what that's doing for us is it's demonstrating the value held within peer-to-peer wagering. So we're cutting the house out of the, out of the picture. We're matching players against players with an equal chance of taking the other's money. We have no edge against you. You've got the same chance of winning as your opponent, and we don't have an interest either way. So we're taking a, a small, as low as 0.5% fee of total wager volume, so we're there to connect peers and you guys can go crazy. There's no limits on wager size. If someone wants to put up $10 million worth of F and someone's got the guts to match them, someone's going to double their money uh, in 30 seconds. So, you know, that's prime for the crypto space because there's a lot of guys out there that have a lot of crypto and they can't currently use it anywhere because all the other dice platforms have to bankroll the, the winnings. So that's a great opportunity for us. But in terms of what is coming next, we've got a bunch of other games in the works. But this model is directly applied to any game you would play against a peer. So our next game is called Orbit, and that's roulette inspired. So the way to picture that is you'd come onto the platform, you'd see a roulette game with a minimum of 50 players and a maximum of 1,000 starting in four minutes with a buy-in of 1F. So you'd come in, as would a bunch of other people. Say there's 1,000 people in there that join. There's a pot of 1,000F and there's a ring around the perimeter. And each player gets a tiny little sector of that ring. And then we use a token holder generated uh, seed hashed with the wager data on that game to generate how quickly the ring spins around the outside. So it'll fly around the outside. If it lands in your sector, you get the pot. So there's no point on that wheel where everyone playing loses to the house. A player always wins. So that's a huge driver for us. You know, there's always a player that wins on our platform. Player centric. Yeah, totally. For the players. (laughs) For the people. Yeah, for the people. So then, <laughs> <laughs> so then the the next game is Minesweeper. So that's kind of like Russian roulette, where there's a grid of boxes. We use the token holder seeds. Like a crypto to betting Minesweeper. Can you that's, imagine? It's so nostalgic. I love yeah. it. Yeah, you're taking turns in trying not to hit a bomb. So you've both got money in there. The, pl- the first player to hit a bomb loses. We've got uh, rock paper scissors. So that could be a total mind game because we'll surface on someone's profile. Oh, that, that's the other thing. All players have profiles. So we'll surface on someone's profile. When you're going into a match with them, we'll tell you that 75% of the time they finish on rock and we'll do the same for you to them. So you'll come in knowing, are they going to do their, their normal move? Or are they going to try and, you know, pull a shifty on me and try <laughs> and do me in, you know? Pull a shifty. You could have 10 grand on, on the outcome, but that's best of three. Then we've got tic-tac-toe, so nice and simple. We've got five-card draw poker, so it's like high-hand poker. It's endless, really. Like, it just it just keeps on going. One that the guys are quite excited about is battleships, you know, because that's, oh, that's quite that's strategic. Cool. Yes. Yeah. Because yes. yeah. you've got to put your ships in your own little pattern, and you take turns of trying to throw bombs in to, just to see who you can uh, hit first. Yeah. About the epitome of gamesmanship right there. Yeah, totally. I'm a big fan so- of that one. As much as I'd love to keep hearing about all the crazy ways you're going to uh, have a crypto gambling, we are getting low on time. And, and I do want to ask you, stepping away from crypto flip, you know, 
you have a you have an interesting view of this whole uh, crypto economy as as a crypto entrepreneur and someone building an an online crypto casino. Maybe besides your own project, what are some of the things about uh, cryptocurrency and, and blockchain in general that you're most excited for in the coming future? So I think what we're seeing now is a lot of platforms coming through that would have been around uh, for the bull run last year. They chose not to drop everything and capitalize when the market was hot. They waited. They waited until their products were ready. That's what we've done. So I think what we're seeing now is is platforms coming out that have sort of done things properly. You know, they've they've waited until their platforms are ready. We're seeing less scammy projects that are selling off a white paper. And we're seeing platforms coming through that are going to be a big step change in in the use of the technology and the, the future potential for the ecosystem. So, I'm really excited to see sort of more long-term plays coming out now because the more of those and the less of the scammy, we've now got all your money, ha, 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 come and get us, it's going to be better for everyone. I'm equally excited to see the nature of these tokens that have been bought and sold so far, which are largely in-app currencies, that some have had great performance, others haven't. Many of those platforms haven't launched yet, but when they do, it'll be interesting to see how that model plays out compared to one that doesn't require their users to come in and acquire something before they participate. Because I think we're we're sort of seeing more of that too. So Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see like all these these empires built on promises. Like you've got these huge currencies, which I won't pick on them right now, but we all know a couple of them. And they built everything on a on a big boat of promises and they'll see if they can actually deliver and if their model actually works what, what would suck is if you know everyone likes the idea and then they actually make an execution idea and then the execution doesn't work with that well because there's something you can't really see that there's unknowns unknowns when you build a product or build a service so yeah totally totally it'll be interesting to see if they work or not interesting observation thanks max um so, any final thoughts that you'd like to mention for the good of the order? I mean, how can people find out more about CryptoFlip? Yeah, so we're actually, hopefully today, launching our new website. Our old one is pretty old, so don't go there yet. <laughs> no, I'm joking. You can go and check out our website. It's CryptoFlip.it. We're also announcing a launch tournament that we're having. So, I guess I'll just quickly cover that off because that's something that we're quite excited about. So, what we're doing is we're, we've built a demo essentially of CryptoFlip. So what that allows players to do is sign up for free and then we're going to have a tournament series. And in that tournament series, there are there's a 10-minute round every six hours. So everyone comes in and they start the round together, call it 10,000 people in there together. They each get 100 coins. Now, the coins don't mean anything. It's just a unit of account for the sort of purpose of the tournament. But then you guys get to bet against each other like you're betting with with real money, but on the coin flip. And the player with the with the most coins at the end of the tournament round wins the jackpot. And we're going to give away $1 million worth of our tokens through this thing. So the jackpot could be upwards of 100 grand. So yeah, so that's pretty exciting. And it could get pretty heated, you know, because there's different strategies that players could use. You could go all in the whole time and just hope you don't get knocked out and then just sit at the at the top watching people come up behind you or you go slow and steady and the first 10,000 players to sign up for that get a bunch of flip tokens just because they're there early and then something else we're running is a 
private alpha test group where we're involving members of the community in helping us shape the platform into something that they want to use rather than us trying to run A-B split tests and, and just decipher data later. Uh, we're involving uh, players from the outset. So we've got a larger incentive structure for helping us with that journey. But if you guys are interested in, in what we're doing, come and check that out because you know, you're going to get early access to games. You're going to get to be able to shape the way it develops so that we can make data-informed decisions from the start rather than trying to do it retroactively. Makes sense. So, so you guys, just to make it clear, uh, you guys are doing, I guess it, it sounds like an airdrop with your guys' tokens, but it's not necessarily, it's not a, it necessary to use your system. Like you can use Ethereum right away. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a gamified airdrop, but it, this is not a real money game. This is a demonstration of, of what we'll be launching okay. later in the year. Yeah. Gotcha. It's like a risk-free trial <laughs> of, of what we're building. It's the AOL free CD that comes in the mail. Yeah, yeah. Crypto flip. Totally, well, yeah. So, come in and, and have a play. You might win some tokens. Excited for the tournament. It's on, Jeff. So, as promised, you heard a lot about crypto and sports games and uh, much, much more. I think uh, crypto flip um, sounds like a very, very interesting um, project. And so, be expect to, to hear more from them. Awesome. Yeah, I'm excited to uh, double my money playing against Dang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You guys will have to play. It'll be awesome. All right, Max. Thank you so much for coming on. We'll uh, Once again, what was the website? Cryptoflip.it. Cryptoflip.it. So, we'll link that up in the show notes and links to social media and things like that. So, you guys can find out more about this fun tournament they have coming up. And uh, maybe you can play against me and Dang on there as well. Thank you so much for coming on, Max. It was super cool learning about how your system works and learning more about online casinos and... Uh, Expect big things from you guys. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for listening to a Bit Cryptic podcast. A Bit Cryptic podcast is hosted by Alain Leon, Dang Du, and myself, Jeff Peterson. Show notes are by our editor in chief, Dang Du. Website is by Sammy Toucan and his team at Pack Surge Media. Remember, nothing we say in this show is meant to be financial advice. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends and family. Thank you for listening. And remember, keep it cryptic.